Welcome to Bible Center Church, and thank you so much for joining us on BC Podcast. Here's a message to encourage your heart this week. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you. Uh, I'm Sean Thornton. I uh, serve currently as the pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California, but I had the privilege of serving as a senior pastor here for 11 years uh, at Bible Center, and it just feels like being home. And I haven't been in West Virginia during the fall in quite some time, and got to play golf on Friday, and what a, a beautiful time to be here and be reminded of God's great creation, and uh, so good to be with you. And I uh, had a chance to even uh, look back a little bit at uh, the history of Bible Center and spend some time uh, reminiscing a little. Yesterday, Lee Walker and I had breakfast with uh, Bob Spradling and uh, had a good time with Bob, and uh, he preceded me here, was here for uh, over 25 years and served so faithfully, and uh, great to catch up with Bob and, and to uh, just celebrate God's good hand. I got a chance to thank him in ways maybe I never got to thank him personally while I was serving here, just thank him for what I believe was such a solid, solid foundation in which I got to serve here. And I think even that foundation, that, that season where he served uh, and shaped so much of the philosophy and ministry of Bible Center continues, and so it was great to spend time with him. Since I was last with you in the, the winter or spring, I can't remember exactly what time it was, uh, we've added one person to our family. Uh, our youngest daughter, Megan, got married, and we added uh, a son-in-law, uh, Wes, there in the middle, uh, Wesley Krieger, and uh, it's great to have him as a part of our family. And he loves Jesus, and his parents are very good friends of ours, and of Troy and Stephanie, those of you know my brother and his wife. Uh, and so it's just a real joy to have our family growing in a different way than we've grown over the years. And so we're, uh, we're blessed to have him as our son-in-law, and it was a great wedding this summer. Today I want to talk about many but one. If you open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to continue in your series about the church being united together, and it's based on that passage in Ephesians 4, and in verse 4, we read that we are of one baptism and one spirit, and the passage we're going to look at today in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 12 through 26 expands on that idea. There was a man who was standing on a bridge, and he was about to jump off, and so this other man came up, was trying to talk to him, just kind of distract him and talking out of it, and so the man asked the jumper, so are you a Christian or a Hindu or a Jew or what? The jumper replies, I'm a Christian. The man says, small world, me too, Protestant, Catholic, Orthodox? The jumper answers, Protestant. Me too, the man replies, and then he says, uh, what denomination? The jumper said Baptist. The man replies, me too. Southern Baptist or Northern Baptist? The jumper answers, Northern Baptist. And the man replies, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? The jumper answers, Northern Conservative Baptist. The, the man then replied, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes region or Northern Conservative Baptist Eastern region? The jumper replied, Northern Conservative Baptist, Great Lakes region. The man replies, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist, Great Lakes region, Council of 1879, or Northern Conservative Baptist, Great Lakes region of 1912. The jumper says, Northern Conservative Baptist, Great Lakes region of 1912. The man who was trying to keep the jumper from jumping then just pushed the jumper off the bridge and screamed, die, heretic, die. Now, we laugh at that, but most of us know that 
One of the easiest ways Satan destroys the effectiveness of a local church in our world today is division. Where there's a lack of unity around Christ and around the essentials of the faith, there's often an opportunity for a spirit of division to get into a church and to be destructive and to destroy its effectiveness in its witness for Christ. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26, I want us to see this together. When God's church prioritizes and pursues unity in Christ, a watching world sees hope when everything seems hopeless. When a local church like Bible Center Church is functioning well, the watching world says there's something different about those people, there's something unique. And in a world that is so polarized over so many issues right now, what a breath of fresh air a united church focused on the personal work of Jesus Christ is to our world. And so we need to, as individual members of the local church, we need to prioritize and pursue unity in Christ first and foremost. Because there's a world that's watching, that wants to see something that's different, people who really care for each other and value each other and love each other. Because everything else in our world seems so hopeless and empty but Jesus has put us together as the church worldwide. And you here as a local reflection of that church to be a witness to the world of the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Now, there are a lot of ways in which we add disunity in the church. Disunity. Let me give you a few of these. Number one is detachment. Detachment. We unplug from the local church and fellow believers. Let me say to those who may be joining us online or on television uh, that the, 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 the idea of existing outside of a local church and thriving in Christ is foreign from the scriptures. It's impossible to thrive as a follower of Jesus Christ. And I know some folks aren't able to make it because of health issues or other challenges they face, but it's so important to be a part of a local church and be plugged in, attached, so that you can grow and thrive. There's avoidance. We ignore an issue or a conflict that needs to be addressed. And so disunity enters in. Gossip. We talk about people rather than to them. That's a huge issue in churches. We're, we're talking about these people and these leaders or this person doing this ministry rather than talking to them if there's a real issue. Bitterness. We fail to move through a process of forgiveness or reconciliation. Agendas, this is one I've seen, uh, now I've served in pastoral ministry for 30 years this year, I've seen a lot of people with other agendas other than the gospel of Jesus Christ and seeing people grow and thrive in him so they can reach more people for Jesus. Agendas, we emphasize something other than or someone other than the person and work of Jesus Christ. Then there's interference where we cause disunity because we interject ourselves into something we don't need to be a part of. This is when we enter a conflict without being a part of the problem or the solution. I love how the, the Proverbs actually say it from the New Living Translation, Proverbs 26, 17 says, interfering in someone else's argument is as foolish as yanking a dog's ears. Sometimes we put ourselves into things that we have no business being in and it causes division. And the last one of these that I think causes disunity in the church and we can all be guilty of is selfishness. We're so focused on ourselves and what we get out of church as consumers rather than how we pour into others in the local body of believers. We put our own lust, greed, and pride ahead of loving God and his family. I love how 
Henry Ford talked about unity even in the business world. He said, coming together is a beginning, keeping together is progress, working together is success. Actually, as I was reading this passage and preparing for this message from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26, I, I was struck with and reminded of this quote from Henry Ford. It's one of my favorite quotes. Coming together is a beginning, keeping together is progress, working together is success. And as I started to see kind of the three clumps of this passage kind of form in my mind and, and what the themes are, I thought, this parallels what Henry Ford said. And, and really that principle that he talked about was something he maybe learned in business, but it's something God built in to human relationships. And specifically, it's a principle that really applies when you understand the church of Jesus Christ, the local body of believers, and you understand what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26. So let's look at it that way, this passage. In verses 12 through 14, I think we have the coming together of the church. Now, we talk about church, we can talk about church big C, the church all around the world that uh, is everywhere on the planet today and goes back to the day of Pentecost when the church was birthed and will end when Jesus returns and that church era. That's big C church and, and we're all a part of that. Calvary Community Church and Bible Center Church are, are one as part of the big C church. We know Jesus Christ. But Calvary is a local expression of, uh, of Jesus Christ in Southern California. Bible Center is a local expression of that church here in the Charleston area. And so we understand there is the big C church that we become a part of, but then we function in the local church. Look at verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we're all given the one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many parts. He begins to use this illustration that parallels the human body. And we are a part of the body of Christ. We learn in scripture that Jesus Christ is the head of that body, and each of us has a function, a part of it, in the greater big C church, and I think individual churches have a part in that as well. But then in our local expressions like Bible Center, then we who know Jesus function and serve in our worship, our fellowship, and the way we minister and volunteer to use our gifts and abilities for God's glory, we become a functioning body where people are doing different things because of the gifting God has given them, the experiences God has given them, the, the passions God has given them. And when that body works in harmony together, all the parts they, they, they do something that is different than the world understands with, with these unique individuals with different backgrounds and, and different perspectives all coming together in one body and functioning as many parts, but still one body. And there's that one body emphasis here in these, these verses. And we notice it says we were all baptized by one spirit. Now, Jesus talked about this in John chapter seven. He, he talked about how if you're thirsty, you are going to drink of one one day who is coming to you, and then he references the Spirit, and he speaks about how you will drink of the Spirit and be baptized by the Spirit in John 7. And that occasion when we are baptized by the Spirit is different than we are when we are baptized by water. 
When we're baptized by water, that reflects the spiritual baptism we've experienced because the moment a person receives Jesus as their Savior, Ephesians 1 says we are given the Holy Spirit as a deposit, a guarantee that we are his until we're with him in glory. And we learn in Romans 8, 9, that if someone says, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I don't have a, the Spirit, they're mistaken because the moment you receive Christ as Savior, you are given the Spirit of God. And what the Spirit of God does for you then is he plunges you into the big C church, the, the body of Christ worldwide at any time in history since Pentecost till the time Jesus returns, you're immersed and plunged into spiritually the church, the body of Christ, and you become a part that is functioning and serving and flexing and moving and making a difference as a part of the body of Christ. So we have water baptism that is a picture of our salvation, but then there is spirit baptism, spiritual baptism. When we receive Christ as Savior, we are plunged in to the family of God, into the church. This is that coming together. and This is God brought different people together through one spirit, through the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Jesus became the Savior when he was crucified on the cross, when he was raised from the dead. He secured our salvation for us in his great love gift. And let me just uh, stop and say that if you haven't yet come to that place where you've rested your eternal destiny, your forgiveness, your relationship with God in Jesus Christ who died, was buried, and was raised for you, do that today. Do that today. Speak to a Christian friend maybe you came with or reach out to someone here on the team, but make sure you know Jesus. And, and if you know Jesus, you say, I have put my faith in Christ, then you have been plunged into, immersed in, to the body of Christ, the church of which Jesus is the head through the one spirit, the spirit of God. In Galatians 3, 27 and 28, we read, all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, there is neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We are part of one body, no matter what our backgrounds are. God brought different people together through one spirit. But we also see in this section of verses in 12 through 14, God brought different parts together into one body. We read in verse 14, even so the body is not made up of one part. My body is not one part. I have bones, I have flesh, I have sinew, I have muscles, I have blood, I have veins. I, I have all those different things like you have. And all those different parts, the hand, the foot, they all function. They're different parts, but they are one body. And you don't see those parts functioning on their own. Now, maybe in the Adams family, you have, I guess it's Thing, you know, walking around. And maybe in some horror movies, they've had, you know, separated body parts that come up out of the grave and all that kind of stuff. But we know a hand that is severed from the body cannot function. And so we are one body brought together. We have come together by God through his spirit, plunging us into the family of God, into the body of Christ, even as we function in the local church here at Bible Center. Coming together is the first part of our unity, and God does that when we come to Jesus as Savior. He, it's a fact. We are united, it's a fact before God, we are united in Christ. Then let's look at keeping together, keeping together. Now if the foot should say, we read in verse 15, and as we look at verses 15 through 20, now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would 
it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Foot can't just declare, since I'm not this, I don't belong to the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body. So God brought us together. God keeps us together. He placed us in the body, every one of us, just as he wanted them to be. He knows your experience. He knows your gifting. He knows your natural abilities. If you go back to verses 1 through 11, he talks about spiritual gifts. Picks that up again after verse 26. Talks about how we're all given different gifts to help build up and strengthen the body. The gifts we've been given are not for us. Therefore, our brothers and sisters in Christ to help them flourish and thrive in Jesus. He says... He, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be, put them together in the body. You know, as I look around, I see so many faces, and I just want to say thank you to some of you who have served, given, prayed, and been so faithful here at Bible Center. Thank you for your years of ministry and investment, using the gifts and natural abilities, the spiritual gifts and natural abilities, your, your experiences, your background, some of you, some of the stuff you have in your career, you, you helped to move us to this campus, you helped do so many different things. And I, as I was with Bob, I, I was so thankful for the generations I never met that were a part of Bible Center that, that helped pour into this. It takes all of us working and serving together. And I think there's something very selfish when we unplug and we say, I'm not gonna use my gifts. I'm not gonna bring my my gifts that God has given me to the table. And so I just want to encourage you to be plugged in to the, the full body of Christ. Verse 19, if there were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. There it is again. The eye can't say, you know what, since I don't hear, I'm not important. No, the eye is needed for the whole. The ear can't say that. The hand can't say that. The whole is needed. Keeping together, there is... In God's design of the church and even the local expression of the church, like Bible Center, there is an interdependency that he's created for us. We cannot survive without each other. You cannot survive in this world. You cannot thrive and flourish and grow in Christ without your other brothers and sisters in Christ who are part of the body. Maybe over the years you've stepped back and, and you've detached yourself or you've become a part of the disunity in some way. You've not been investing the, the part that you play that God has designed you for in this local church. And my desire and prayer throughout this week and as I'm speaking to you now is that you would lean into, lean into the family of God here at Bible Center. You are important and if you're the part that is the eye, how is, how is there going to be healthy seeing in this body? If, if you're the part that is the ear, how is there going to be healthy hearing in this body in terms of the metaphor that Paul is using? There's interdependency. He keeps us together because we need each other. We need each other to survive in this world. And secondly, there's intentionality. Notice it says he put the parts in where he wanted them to be according to his plan. There's intentionality in his keeping us together. We cannot thrive without each other. Not only cannot survive, but if you want to flourish in life, if you want to find joy and peace, you don't detach and, and try to live the Christian life on your own. You don't try to be someone serving as, a, as an independent contractor outside the body of Christ. You want to be in 
and engaging and plugged in in worship like you're doing today, in fellowship through small groups and Bible studies and prayer groups, through ministry opportunities. There's an intentionality. God has brought us together. He's brought us together. He also is the one who keeps us together and has made this interdependency and there's this intentionality that we need each other in the body of Christ to thrive and survive in this world. Tim Keller says, there is no way you'll be able to grow spiritually apart from a deep involvement in a community of believers. Very simple statement. Actually, when I found that quote, I said, well, I could say that and just claim that's me. It's so simple and so clear. And in my own spiritual journey, apart from being a pastor, in my own walk with God as a child of God, as a man of God, someone trying to grow as a, as a man, as a husband, as a father, I have found that when I am detached from the community and I'm not engaged with other parts of the body, I don't flourish. I don't thrive. But when I'm leaning in and I'm plugged in and I'm pursuing unity and I'm prioritizing unity, there is a peace, a joy. There's something you say, yeah, but it's so messy. People are so messy. Yes, they are, and you're a part of the mess. Be honest. I'm a part of the mess. You're a part of the mess. But there's iron sharpening iron where we grow and thrive together. So there's the coming together. God brought us together. There's the keeping together. God fitted us to function and thrive and survive together. But then there's this working together. This is kind of our part in this in uh, verse 21. There's the working together in verses 21 to 26. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Now, this is a reverse of what we just heard. In this metaphor of the body, it's talking about one body, many parts. All of us have our gifts and our shape. We're a part of the body. Before he says, you can't say, you know, uh, you, you don't need me. Now he's saying, I don't need you. We can't say, you know, I don't need you, hand, because I'm an eye and I'm all about seeing and I don't need a hand. So he says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and are indispensable and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Some of the, the parts that we cover with clothing, we, we take special care of those parts. And, and he says, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, verse 24 while our presentable parts need no special treatment. Except for my face this morning, I cut the tip of my nose. I just was pulling the razor away and just went So if there's blood dripping from my nose, I don't have a bloody nose, I just don't know how to shave. I do it like every three weeks, that's all I need to shave. I've never been able to really. But we don't, you know, he's saying the parts that are obvious, and let me stop for a moment and say, I love to see the choir, I love to see the, you, you've got great music here at Bible Center, wonderful music. And I tune in often to the services here and am blessed by what Caleb and the whole team does. And, and I'm always blessed too at how many greeters are there and how many people serve with the children. And, and some of you have kind of upfront, maybe platform kind of ways you serve and people notice. And, and I appreciate the humility with which folks of the Bible Center have, have served over the years. And so some of us are up on the platform serving and it's obvious, but then there are people who move things and do things and are serving quietly and doing stuff during the week that no one else notices, but they're, they're serving too. 
And he's kind of saying that here. He's saying, look, we need all the parts. We need the obvious upfront parts, and we need the parts that aren't so obvious and are working behind the scenes and doing things that are quiet and stuff they do that nobody notices and the faithfulness of, of those who serve. And he says, while our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together. There it goes again. He's the one who put this body together. What happened here was not a Sean Thornton thing or a Bob Spradling thing or a Charlie Hendricks thing or a Reed Jepsen thing or, 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 or Eric or Matt or anybody that was the, the senior leader here. It wasn't even just the elder board. What's happened here at Bible Center over these years is what God did. God did it. And I think that's an amazing thing. And I was privileged for 11 years to have a front row seat as senior pastor here and watch God do some amazing things in many of your lives. I see faces of folks that I, I walked with you through different things. Some of you, I prayed with you to receive Christ. Some of you, I baptized. And, and God did that. God put this body together. And he says, giving greater honor to the parts that lack. In other words, I think people like my third grade Sunday school teacher at Twin Branch Bible Church in Mishawaka, Indiana, Olga Smith, I think... Olga is going to have a front row seat in heaven if there is one. She was like 4'2", never married, graduate of Moody Bible Institute, served in our local church, taught third grade so long that my mother had her in third grade, and then Troy and I had her as our third grade Sunday school teacher. Down in the basement, in a corner, she just faithfully served, and probably when people talked about those who made the biggest impact at Twin Branch Bible Church, they probably talked about the pastors, or this teacher, or this singer, or this worship leader, or this pianist, or this. But when I think of Twin Branch Bible Church, I think of people like Olga Smith. And let me just say to those of you who are like Olga, faithfully serving for years in areas of ministry that maybe others don't notice, maybe a handful of people, and maybe you've served even to where you've seen now some of you, I know, I see some gray hair in the room, some of you have served long enough in some ministries that you've had the children of the children you served years ago. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because those of you who serve in those areas that aren't as noticed as someone up here preaching is noticed, God values you. You are equally important as a part of this body as I am, as any other leader would be, as any upfront person is. Then he says, so there should be no division in the body. We need to honor everybody who serves in every way and whoever plugs in and, and, and pours into the body, they should be honored so there's no division, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Working together, and I wanna just notice a few things in this about how do we work together? What are the keys? What do we need to cultivate in our lives as the followers of Christ? Number one, be humble with each other. Be humble with each other. Slow down and show respect and love and care for one another. That's what he's saying. Don't say, because I'm on the platform, I'm more important than the people who aren't on the platform. Or I've been doing this for 20 years and that person's only been doing this six months, I'm more important. We are all equal. I love what old preachers in West Virginia used to say, right? The ground is level at the foot of the cross. And we need to have that perspective as we serve. We say, well, that person gave this much or this person served this many years and that person just this. Or, and we sometimes diminish the role that other parts of the body play when we're supposed to celebrate what others are doing. And we're to humbly serve one another, be humble with each other. He, he talks about how every part is needed. You can't say, that, foot, I don't need you. 
hand, I don't need you. No, we need each other. And then he says that we should give honor to those parts that don't get noticed. Recognize and celebrate. Send a thank you note this week to somebody you know who serves behind the scenes here at Bible Center. Send a text right now. Get out your phone right now. If you get it out and you check, well, you can't check scores. That's West Coast. Uh, the football games start, and I can tell when they start, everybody, especially the men in the room, go to that as soon as the 10 o'clock games, which are the 1 o'clock games here, start in the NFL. But get out your phone, text someone you know who has served faithfully here, or maybe they've served faithfully for years. Maybe they just started serving three or four weeks ago in a, in a way that has blessed you and your family. Text them and thank you for the way they have impacted your life. Send an email, call someone, talk to someone. Think of one person who's a part of Bible Center that has blessed you in the last few weeks, the last few months, the last few years, and say thank you to them. That's a part of humility is being grateful for one another. He says we're to give honor to those who, who don't even get noticed, that there would be no division, there'd be unity in the body, be humble with each other. Secondly, be united to each other. Be united to each other. And, and I think that's so clear as he talks about there should be no division, its parts should have equal concern for each other, that you can't say I don't need the, the hand if you're the foot. And I, I think it, when it comes to unity, we have to pursue unity. We have to work through disagreements. We have to work through struggles. I know that the church is in a time of transition right now, but, but just as I've interacted and watched at a distance and talked to various leaders and prayed with various leaders, I, I'm very excited about where Bible Center is right now. I think you are healthy and vibrant, and I, we all have problems. And uh, again, you, you have problems just because I was once your pastor for 11 years. You're still trying to get over some of the problems I created, you know? We all create problems. There are all kinds of tensions. But I am so excited about where Bible Center is. And since I left here 14 years ago, I have, I have always thought Bible Center's better days are ahead. You've had some great days in those 14 years, and I think there are great days ahead. Be humble with each other. Be united to each other. Pursue unity at all opportunities. Fight for unity. Because you are one body. And how did you get there? Through one spirit. Thirdly, be concerned for each other. Be concerned for each other. I like that word concerned here. It, it's an interesting word where in verse, uh, uh, verse 25, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other, no matter if someone's younger, older, male or female, black or white, rich or poor, been here a long time, been here two weeks. We should have an equal concern for each other. That word concern actually is a negative word. It means be anxious and worried. And it has the idea of all your anxiety is in that. In other words, Instead of being worried about your own life, be worried about the other believers. Have a concern for what's going on in their lives, not just in your lives. Get your worry off of you. If you want to worry, a healthy worry is worry about other people in the body of Christ. Worry about how they're doing, how they're growing, how they're thriving, how they're serving. Be concerned for each other. Last week, I was trying to make an illustration that, uh, that was just trying to say to uh, our congregation that... Uh, I, as we try to reach the next generation in a vision we have called Calvary 2030, I, I recognize that I just need to develop leaders in the next generation. I can't do this. This is not what is gonna make us reach the next generation. As me showing up, some 20-year-olds in our church dressed me for my message last week, and I promised our congregation I would never wear this outfit again. <laughs> that us reaching the next generation was not Sean trying to be young and hip. Young used to be described about me, but no one says that anymore. Hip has never been a word 
Stephanie, my sister-in-law, says my walkout music, if I ever spoke somewhere with that walkout music, should be the song by Stop, uh, Scott uh, Kirpane that says, I'm not cool, that's okay, my God loves me anyway. Um, but a lady came up afterwards, and uh, English is in her first language, and uh, she came to the American culture later in life, and so she didn't understand what I was saying. She just was so concerned for me that this was not the look I should have. And if I was heading down this path, I should change. And she just walked up, this dear woman uh, from an Asian background, and she just says, this, this is not good. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> As I was standing in the lobby dressed like that, first time I'd worn Converse since 1977, I think, high tops, be concerned for each other. Notice two things about that. When one suffers, we all suffer. When one suffers, we all suffer. And then he says in that last verse 26, when one rejoices, we all rejoice. When, when, when one suffers, we all suffer. When one celebrates, we should all celebrate. That's that same idea he says that we're to weep with those who weep and, and rejoice with those who rejoice. That's a part of a healthy body, that when someone's grieving, we grieve with them. When someone's hurting, when they've lost their job, when their, their marriage is in trouble, when they're going through some difficulties with their kids or their grandkids, or their we come alongside and, and we grieve with them, we suffer with them, but then when they have those moments of celebration, we celebrate with them. That's a healthy body of believers. We're working together. Be humble with each other. Be united to each other. Be concerned for each other. Let me ask you, are you prioritizing and pursuing unity with your local body of Christ? here at Bible Center? Are you kind of neutral in this? Can I ask you to get out of neutral and lean into pursuing and prioritizing unity in the body? That you're a part that is needed in the whole of the body and invest? I love the story of Dunkirk. You may remember that movie, Dunkirk, great movie. One author writes this, the spring of 1940 found Hitler's panzer divisions mopping up French troops and preparing for a siege of Great Britain. The Dutch had already surrendered, as had the Belgians. The British army uh, foundered and on the coast of France in the channel port of Dunkirk. Nearly a quarter million young British soldiers here in World War II, young British soldiers and over 100,000 Allied troops faced capture or death. The Fuhrer's troops, only a few miles away in the hills of France, closed in on an easy kill. The Royal Navy had enough ships to save barely 17,000 men, and the House of Commons had been told to brace itself for hundreds of thousands of death and hard and heavy things for Britain that day. Then, while a despairing world watched with fading hope, a bizarre fleet of ships appeared on the horizon on the English Channel, trawlers and tugs and fishing sloops, lifeboats, sailboats, pleasure craft, an island ferry named Gracie Fields, and even the America's Cup challenger Endeavor, all manned by civilian sailors, sped to the rescue of the British and Allied soldiers. The ragtag armada eventually rescued 338,682 men and returned them home safe to the shores of England as pilots of the Royal Air Force jockeyed with German pilots in the skies above the channel. It was one of the most remarkable naval operations in history. The church, likewise, is God's ragtag armada. The church is a mix of flawed individuals on a rescue operation commissioned by God. And we have to pursue unity and prioritize unity together. God brought us together. God keeps us together. We need to work together and be engaged in the local body of believers. Watch this rescue clip from the movie Dunkirk. 
pretty soon. Home. I love that clip. All those different boats, private captains of those boats, all kinds of boats come from England and rescue those soldiers from the shores of France. That, that, that to me is such a great picture of what the church is to be. All the different parts, all the different shapes, all coming together in one body, many, one body, bringing hope and rescue to a world that thinks things are hopeless, and the hope is in Christ and his church being united together and moving forward with the good news of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, thanks for this incredible illustration that the Apostle Paul uses of the body, one body, many parts. I pray for those maybe who've unplugged, maybe they've been causing division in some way. I have no knowledge of that, but you know what's in people's hearts and what they're saying and doing. Continue to just cultivate unity here at Bible Center. Thank you for the unity that's been had over so many years and, and uh, so many folks serving, not only obviously in, in upfront kinds of ways, but others serving behind the scenes and, scenes and being faithful. Bless, Lord, this church. Um, give it great days to come till Jesus comes. And may uh, this be an armada to this community, uh, our armada of hope, all the parts coming together as one to shine for Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. For more information, visit us at BibleCenterChurch.com and give us a follow on all platforms at Bible Center.